Jesus, we just pray that, again, you would make your presence known to us. Lord, as we come this morning to talk again about parenting and hearing practical advice, and may this spark things that you have maybe already said to us. May this spark new things that you want to say to us. May we just learn from each other. Lord, I think of this this morning and asking those who have gone before us for advice. God, it's just discipleship. May we become more like you today as we grow in, in wisdom, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are, in a way, uh, ending this week our series on Parenting on Purpose. There will be one more installment coming later in the month that uh, kind of goes alongside this a little bit. More on that later. Uh, but we have been focusing on Parenting on Purpose uh, we say before that we believe that the family is one of the most transformative things in a community. And God has given, those of us that are parents, God has given us children to raise on purpose, for a specific purpose, to become men and women who follow him well, who add to the community, who can help advance his kingdom. We are called not just to raise them to the point where, okay, they're out of the house, they made it but we're actually aiming for something as we're parenting. And so we've been using, Andy Stanley is a pastor down in the Atlanta area, uh, and he, whether created, or he was the first one at least to introduce to me these four stages of parenting to kind of help us focus on what is the purpose in each of these growing stages. And so we started with looking at the discipline stage, which is zero to five. And again, these are not hard walls, but these are just ideas. Uh, so pre-elementary school. And he said, during this time, what children need most is boundaries and consequences. They need to understand that there are lines we don't cross and there are consequences when we do. And at the same time, there's, there's good consequences when we don't cross those lines. Children need to understand that there are boundaries and consequences. And from parents, what they need most is consistency. We do what we say we're going to do. We say, hey, if you do this, here's the consequence, good or bad and then we actually follow through on it. It's the exhausting work of parenting in this stage is actually just following through. It's easy to threaten, it's easy to promise, it's really hard to follow through regularly. Then we moved into the training stage, five to 12, think like elementary school age. Children at this point are gaining understanding. Before it was just here's the line, don't cross it, here's what happens if you do. As they come into this stage, now there's a lot of but why is that the line? But why is that what happens if I cross that line? They're, they're hungry for understanding. They ask so many questions, and it's a beautiful thing. Their minds are being shaped at this point, and as parents, we have almost an unprecedented opportunity to help shape their worldview. In this stage, in elementary school, as a parent, you are still kind of the primary voice speaking into their lives and, and shaping the way they view the world. As you know, that's going to change as they get older, but you have a, an unprecedented opportunity to help them understand why we do what we do, why we believe what we believe, how it's important down the road. They're not gonna grasp it all, but this is the real beginnings, the foundation of shaping their worldview. Is this making sense? Remembering this, this was probably three weeks ago. Okay. The last one that we talked about was the coaching stage. Middle school, high school age, 12 to 18. What the child needs in this time is growing independence. 
the, the older they get, the more they progress through this, the more independence they're seeking out. They want to do things on their own. They want to begin to start to stand on their own two feet within safe boundaries. And as parents, we need to teach freedom in relationship to responsibility. The, the more responsible you are, the more freedom you get. The less responsible you are, the more your freedoms are restricted. This is a life lesson that goes through to adulthood. If you're a teenager and you're going, my parents are so mean, they grounded me, they took this, they took that because I didn't do something. In life, it's worse. How many of you have heard of a place called prison? <laughs> terrifying, absolutely terrifying place to me. It's a restriction of freedoms because you weren't responsible. It's how life works. And as parents, this is what we're to teach in this time. As you act more responsibly, you get trusted with more freedoms. Helping them to understand the relationship between the two. And this week, we move into the friendship stage of parenting. 18 and over. Now, again, these are not hard numbers. I'm going to talk about, there's a little bit of wiggle room uh, in this. But how many of you in the room right now have adult children? A good number, okay. How many of you are parents but not that old yet? Like, I don't mean, your kids aren't that old. Not that, <sighs> this is where Kim stops me and she's not here yet. Put your hand down, Maverick. Okay, so there's, there's a number of us that aren't into this stage yet, and there can almost be this how hard can it be. Once they're out of the house, the hard part is over, right? <laughs> Most of the ones who have adult kids were like, no, okay. But this stage takes as much focus and purpose as the other ones do. And it's not something that just comes necessarily naturally. It's, sometimes we go, yeah, but like I'm, I'm an adult child, so like obviously I kind of know some things about it. That's like saying I've been operated on, obviously I could be a surgeon, right? It's, a, it's very different being on the other side. And listen, I am speaking from a, a place of ignorance on this. People have told me some things, I've read some things, and so I'm kind of going, I think maybe this is what it will be like. We're gonna hear from some people later who have actually lived it, and imperfectly, they've made mistakes, of course, but I wanna actually hear from some people who know what they're talking about. Everything I'm saying is simply trying to set the stage for them because I've never been there. I'm talking as an outsider what it might be like one day. I wanna hear from some people who actually know. But a couple just kind of, again, setting the stage, a couple ground rules. As adults, our kids' greatest needs are space. Uh, unless they're living in your house, and listen, this can be hard for some people, they are no longer responsible to you. It's hard because they go from this, they answer to me ultimately when they're in high school, maybe into college, there's a lot of wiggle room in there. But once they're out on their own, they're no longer responsible to me. They have their own boss. If they get arrested, no one's gonna, like the cops aren't gonna come tell me. If, if they do something good, if they do something bad, they're no longer responsible to me. And that's a hard shift. I've been reading through Proverbs a lot lately and Proverbs essentially is a book where King Solomon was writing to at least his son, maybe all of his children, but he just keeps going, look, son, and he's trying to encourage his son, but what he never says is, son, I am your father, and you will do this. He keeps giving wisdom to his son and going, son, as you grow and mature, I hope you do this. 
I encourage you to do this. Pay attention to this son, but Solomon realizes I can't force him to do anything. He's not responsible to me anymore. And so it's a book of a father writing to his children going, I hope you understand this because I can't make you anymore. You are your own person. You are responsible to yourself and to God. And all I can do is encourage you along the way. It's part of growing up. We need space as adults. Our adult children need to to learn to really stand on their own two feet at this point. And listen, that means mistakes and all. We have all learned through mistakes, and I can only imagine, as as a parent of adult children, it can be really difficult to watch your children make mistakes because the stakes are so much higher that you want to swoop in and save. But there's a point where you go, you have to learn to stand on your own two feet. I can't swoop in and save you anymore. You need that space. And it gets a little weird, like if they're still living in your house, but they're adults, you have a weird hybrid on your hands. (laughs) Whether it's because they're in college and they came home from college. Listen, part of youth ministry is we would celebrate when kids would go to college, and then we'd get together with them when they were home on summer break, and we would go, not what you thought, is it? And they would come home and they would be like, oh, my parents have these rules, but I'm used to being out until two in the morning at college and doing whatever I want. And the parents are like, well, this is so frustrating. They won't talk to us. It's a weird hybrid that I'm not going to try to walk you through because I don't have answers. Maybe somebody else can. But my advice would, in this kind of weird hybrid stage would be this, lean toward freedom. Again, the point is is helping them to become independent, helping them to become their own people. And so there's going to be all kinds of spots where I'm not sure exactly where to draw the line on this. They're adults, but they still live with me. Lean toward freedom because it's the way that we all will learn and grow the fastest. Does that make sense? As a parent of adult children, our greatest responsibility is support. And listen, when I say support, not the support of an authority figure, Not the same support you had in high school when support meant kind of grabbing them by the shoulder sometimes going, no, go this way. No, go tell them that. Like, not that kind of support. The support of a friend who is always in their corner. We heard a few weeks ago the advice to preserve the relationship at all costs. One of the quickest ways to lose that relationship is with our adult kids coming along to still trying to hold on with that iron grip. We will lose them. You've heard it, like the harder you squeeze, the more slips through your fingers. As long as you have relationship, you have influence. If we lose that relationship because we're still trying to hold on too tight, we will lose influence. And that is the most dangerous place to be as a parent. Preserve that relationship. We are here to support, to encourage. Yes, to speak wisdom into but no longer in a way where, again, I can say, you have to go here, you have to do there. I am completely on the sidelines as a friend, going, hey, be careful of this one. You're an adult, you make your own choices, but be so careful of that one. There, one warning here to those of us who don't have children in that adult stage yet, don't confuse the coaching stage with the friendship stage. As our kids get older, they become cool people. 
that we want to know and we want to hang out with, and let's be honest, parents, that we want to think we're cool, right? And we want their friends to come over and to think we're the cool parents, right? We want to be friends with them, but if we confuse these, if we move into that stage too early, we run a huge risk here. We, we run the risk of losing that influence again because this is in that coaching stage when they're in their teenage years, they still need someone sometimes to come in and go, ah, nope, I'm sorry, this is unpopular, but we're not going there. They still need some of those boundaries because the stakes are starting to get higher. And if I'm more concerned about being their friend than I am telling them what they need to hear, that's a really dangerous place to be. So be careful. There, there's a saying that, again, Andy Stanley, uh, the pastor who I got a lot of this from, uses regularly, and it's later is longer. Understand, statistically, you will have more time of your life parenting adult children than all the other stages combined. You understand that, right? Your kids are going to be your adult children far longer than they were 18 and down. We have to parent towards that in mind. How do I give them what they need now, not shortcut the system, because there's going to be a ton of time where I hope we can be friends later. So I need to give them what they truly need now while they're in my home, because there will be plenty of time later to be friends with them. Later is longer, and it's worth holding out for. Does that make sense, church? Okay. That's enough for me because a lot of that was me just telling, parroting what I've heard. <laughs> There's no authority there because I haven't been there and I don't know yet. But I would like to invite up our panel. Uh, again, I say this every single week. These are not people who have gotten it perfect. These are not experts who are going to tell you how to raise your adult children. These are simply people <laughs> who have been through this for a while and can say, here's what I've learned along the way. Here's what I've done right. Here's what I've done wrong. So would you guys go ahead and come on up? Grab mics. Natalie's mic and Shirley's mic. How come you guys took a little longer to get up here and get set up than the previous groups have? It's weird. All right. All right, so let me just, let's just jump in and I'm gonna start asking you guys some questions and just, as you have something to say, jump in. We don't have to go in a specific order. Um, so let me ask you this, just kind of a broad question. How did your parenting change when your kids became adults? There, there's a definite shift there. What, what was that change like for you when they became adults? So uh, maybe a few months, maybe six months after the kids went away to college and they would come home, they were a pleasure to be with. 
we enjoyed their company and they actually enjoyed ours. So that's the biggest change. We, we needed to remind ourselves and them that at that time they were responsible for their actions and the consequences. That's when tough love became necessary. And man, that's hard. That's hard when they, they go down a certain path and we say, okay, this is what's happening. And I mean, I, I was the soft touch. And, and they knew it, you know, and... Uh, we'll ask mom. <laughs> so, um, so that's hard for his parents, but it's ne necessary for them to realize that they're accountable. I guess I have something to say. Um, with ours, all four of our kids, you know, basically grew up with exact, within a year. I mean, they're all, and they all went to college at the same time. And I think that time was not my shining moment, I'll tell you, that, you know, it just wasn't. But I think the letting go, and with us, it was all at once. There was no, like, you know, figure this out and, um. I thought it was hard, honestly. I thought it was hard. And more from me, just that letting go. All of a sudden, you have all these kids at home, and then all of a sudden they're all gone, and I'm wanting to pull them back in, and they're like, woohoo, let's, you know, live life. And so I think the struggle was more mine than theirs. So. Yeah, hi. Uh, I'm Jay, and I'm not here normally, so, uh, but, you know, Chris was told me that it was effective the last meeting that she had here, so I think it's a great thing that, that you're putting something like this together, and, uh, you know, when you you're, you're go through with the kids, and they're getting ready to go to high school, and then out of high school into college, it's, um, we, we had everybody leave at one time, and it's, um, it's a live performance. You don't have time for rehearsal. It's just, okay, here it is. Now what do you do? So losing control, I think, was a bit hard for me. Because when they were under our house, we, we had pretty much the control that, that we liked. And, and then when they all left, then that control had slipped out. And accepting that was a lot tougher. And it was, um, you know, hard. It was hard for me to not have that control. But it's like, okay, now you just got to learn by fire, and you're gonna be out there, and you're gonna make those mistakes. And you know, you 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 want to be available if there's any major catastrophe that they could, you know, lean on you. But. Uh, Knowing that they're going to make their own mistakes and it's going to happen and they're going to pay the price for it, and you just try to mitigate that. We had a rehearsal because <laughs> we had about 10 years in between our, our girls. And however, both of our girls are very different, and uh, the situation was totally different for both of them. Uh, I suppose, uh, you know. When my parents let me go, as soon as I graduated, 
from high school, it was on me. And so it was easy for me as they got older to do that. Now, uh, Sarah went further away from home, so she needed a little bit more support than Shirley did. Shirley was in the area, and she's very independent. And uh, so, uh, so actually, actually it was very easy. We got to practice on Sarah and then and follow up with Shirley. You'd have to ask her how well we did, but anyway. I'm gonna go the opposite. <clears throat> For me, it was easy. I was, because I was trying to control too much, I think, when they were young. And so it was nice not to have to do that <laughs> when they left. I, I've heard, as I've talked with other people, and I've heard a couple times up here, that control you know, issue keeps coming back up. And for you, it was easier because it was almost the release of like, oh, I don't have to be in control. <laughs> for Jay, it was more like, I'm used to being in control, and now I have to learn to let that go. That's, that's interesting. So as you look back on previous stages of parenting, what set you up for success for like parenting adult kids? What, what are some things that you did? I'm, I'm really glad we did that then because of how it set us up for our relationship with our kids now. Does that make sense? I'd say uh, our foundation, because we started out before we met each other, I had given myself to God and was obeying him. Cindy was obeying God and seeking him. When we came together, we gave ourselves to God. Then with each of our girls, before they were born, we prayed for them, asked for them, and then we gave them to the Lord. So the foundation of all our, all the upbringing had to do with the Lord. And with all the imperfection and all the weakness and all the stuff, in the end, it was the mercy and the grace of God that, that is bringing about, because we're still in process, bringing about our kids and their growth. And prayer is huge because yes. we prayed all throughout. Like he said, and we gave them to God before they were born. And you, you pray all throughout and you continue to pray now. Yeah, yeah and, and there's no, there's no, nothing set. You know, you've got to sort of go, you've got to allow God to direct you, sometimes in ways that you wouldn't normally uh, want to go. And, you know, there's a lot of stories, but I can't do that. But... Uh, you got to be open to the Spirit of God and what He leads you to do. You know, because your kids are different than you. They're not going to be like you. And to understand them, you, you need God's help to do that. And also, I, I agree with that. But also, you've got to uh, let the Holy Spirit be the Holy Spirit in their lives. Exactly. That it's not on you now. They're not in your home now. Uh, to just let God be God in their life and trust that he is faithful, and even when they step out of line, he'll be there giving them direction and even make them accountable for bad decisions. So, you know, as Cindy said, prayer is huge. You know, we started that foundation with our children were all dedicated to the Lord. They were raised in the church. They all made commitments. You know, we encouraged youth group and all that. And then, then they came, became teenagers. And then you kind of continued pray even harder. You just want to pray them through their stupidity. <laughs> Truly, because 
you know, you wonder what, what gets into their heads. And then, um, you know, they, they kind of get past that stage in, in their early 20s, and then they kind of become aware that their parents might be intelligent beings after all, <laughs> you know? And, you know, that was the big change, you know, that when they wanted to talk to us instead of hide, hiding their lives from us. Um, you know, things that we, we did good, you know, besides the churching, um, you know, we always encourage them to become involved in activities like sports, music, theater, 4-H, things where they could uh, gain confidence in themselves. My boys were always maybe a bit more independent because I worked. They were in daycare from the time, you know, they, at least part-time, you know, from the time they were three, four years old. So they, they've always kind of been out there and able to make relationships, and it wasn't hard for them. And then as they got older, you know, we did a lot of family things together. We camped and hiked, and, you know, family dinner was important with us. You know, they, we'd set a time, and for the most part, they were always there. You know, we had to be flexible about it. And, you know, I think that sets the stage or a modeling of how things should go as they grow older. And, you know, they had a father that modeled beautifully for them. And, uh, you know, I think those are all, you know, important things to see how to be a father, how to be a husband. So I guess those are, are good decisions. Yeah, I really think modeling is important at any stage of the game as a parent, but even in this friendship adult stage, essentially children become who you are, and if you are critical, often, short-tempered, impatient, argumentative, they'll model those as well. So the inverse is true. We need to be good ambassadors for Christ, but also good models, models for our kids, even as adults, to see how we, we react to negative things that happen in life. I guess the only other thing that I thought that worked for us is we, uh, we invited them to bring their friends home. You know, the, our house was a place where there are always a lot of young people around. We knew where they were, you know, when, when they had their friends at home. And, you know, kind of, they could see the openness and welcoming. And I think that's a good thing, too. I could uh, add from my perspective uh, things I think that gave us a, you know, a, a setup for success. I think the church that we belong to in Parsons uh, ran a uh, church camp for many years from the time before even our kids could attend and until they graduated high school they uh, uh they came and attended and chris and i were uh, counselors of some sort you know we're not sure uh you know how effective but we were there and i think kids coming into the the camp area and and being exposed to uh, a week a year that a lot of fun and hoopla and uh, excitement that I think 
all four of our kids, I think they enjoyed it and saw that a lot of other kids was there that they didn't really see before. So they uh, saw that the, the world of being a Christian and having fun and having adventure and all that was alive and well, not just in Parsons, but all around. And I think that kind of gave them a, a sight on the outside that it's bigger than just this area. So I'm going to jump around a little bit. How did you handle it when you saw your adult kids, or how do you handle it, I should say, when you see your adult kids doing something you disagree with? Maybe it's something you think is wrong. Maybe it's just doing something a way that you wouldn't do it. I mean, there's a, a range there. But how do you handle that now? I'll, I'll take that one just because I was the last one so far, and I'll get out of the way. Uh, it, it's, that's the tough, tough thing, and it's a slippery slope where you're at. Do you, do you take that next step, which could be a catastrophe or it could be something helpful? And, you know, that's, a, that's a, just a big task. I, I don't know that I have any, any concrete answers on that. That is just, it's just tough. Pray about it, try to use some wisdom and uh, try to uh, figure that out as it uh, comes up. All three of our boys went to WU, and uh, one of the boys uh, did so poorly first semester that the university invited him not to come back for the second. So he had to stay out, but he remained in Morgantown working uh, and set out the second semester. Then the th third semester, he had to repeat all his D's and F's and did real well from that moment on. So the good part of that was it wasn't on us. It was someone else telling him, hey, this is what happened. This is what you need to do. And he, he did uh, learn a good lesson there, I think. Yeah, we talked about real, pool. Real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Like, were you tempted to kind of, like, swoop in, you no, know, at that time? No. It wasn't tempted. It was nice not to be responsible for his actions. Be, um, <laughs> you know, again, for a, a person that, that of that age, sometimes they, f well, this, this one thought he could talk him way, his way out of anything. You know, he, he has that gift. And, uh, you know, we saw his grades plummeting and we talked about yanking him. And my wise husband said, nah, it's gonna happen, don't worry about it. And it did, and boy, what a blessing that somebody else had to say, hey. You know, and he went to them and he groveled and you know, they, you know, and then so it's like, you don't come home, stay in Morgantown. There's a house there. There's deer in the freezer. And I'm going, oh, you know, he <laughs> called and said, I need shoes. And David said, get a job. And I'm going, oh, you know, but, <laughs> you know, it worked. It, it worked. It's, um, you know, when you see them doing something that you disagree with, as adults, you you can't just call them out. I, you know, I, you, you pray. You know, if they ask for your, your advice, you give it. But, you know, you just keep loving them and keep praying for them. And, 
you know, you, you uh, love them through their uh, failures and you celebrate their victories. Maybe your kids have never done something you disagree with and that's, I'm looking at Shirley who's smiling right now, but okay. How do you stay connected with your kids as you become less of a central figure in their lives? The older they get, they now have their own jobs, maybe their own family, maybe they move away. How do you, how do you handle that? How do you remain connected with them? Well, Miss Kitty has a cell phone and uses Facebook quite often. <laughs> One of our kids lives in Indianapolis, the other two are here in Elkins, so it, it's nice and convenient to, to keep a relationship going. Now, yeah. But you know, even though he built a house next to us, and he was the one we never thought would, but uh, we don't see him, we, we really don't see them as much as before, or talk to them as much, it's, it's kind of strange. But you know, before, before now, when they were making that transition to start uh, living their own lives. Man, I struggled. My f oldest boy fell in love in high school and I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> and I, you know, I felt threatened by that relationship because I wasn't ready. And it was not, you know, it was not a, you know, a, a young boy thing. He fell hard and he felt deep and as it went on, through, you know, and I had to pray about it. I had to have an attitude adjustment about it. I had to apologize to the beautiful young woman um, because, you know, this mama had a hard time giving up. And she now relates to her sister-in-laws that she paved the way. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that, that was really hard to me. And, and you know, it's, um, it's just something I had to work through. It got easier with number two and number three. We too have, I too have Facebook and texting, which is wonderful, as far as staying in touch with our girls, especially Sarah, because she's in Ohio. And I just wanted to say that Shirley initiated with us a, a monthly time to get together, oh, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. So we do that once a month, either at our house or hers, and with Justin, of course, and it's a real blessing. Yeah. And our daughters are very good friends. And so Shirley sort of, because of Shirley and Sarah's relationship, we, we get more connected with Sarah too. Yeah. So I'm very grateful. This might be a little back on what we talked about before, but I was sitting here thinking about it. Like, you know, when our kids are growing up, we always said, you know, go do what you want to do, go where you want to go, live where you want to live. I mean, I, we were constantly saying, you know, and then they did. And Heidi called and Colin said, we're moving to Italy. And I said, and then Sam said, I'm going to work in Africa. And someone's in California and someone's in, and I said, wait a minute. That's not, we forgot to say, we don't want to have to use a passport. And <laughs> I thought, I forgot to put the clause in. And then they start going all over the, not only this country, other countries, and you're like, whoa. And I was all, one day I went to work and I was all pitiful, you know, poor victim me. 
oh, my kids are all over, blah, blah. And um, someone said, isn't that what you raised them to do? Yeah. I said, well, yeah, but I didn't mean for them to go so, and it hit me. Yeah, that's exactly what I told them all those years, and now they're doing it, and I'm like, come back, come back, please come back, you know, and, and another moment that went through my head along with that, Sam called, he was living in California, and he calls and says, kind of, it's a quiet moment, he calls and says, mom, he says, I, I'm going to be working in Africa on a rig. I said, no, no, you can't do that. And he said, uh, very gently, he said, Mom, um, you know, I've been living on my own in California and paying all my bills and, you know. And I said, but, but I don't want you to go to Africa. What about malaria and what about? And I went into all that. And then I started, he said, and I'll fly over on a helicopter to get to the, and I'm like, oh, no, no, we can't do that. No. I'm like, just, and then, um. Then I started into, Sam, don't get, don't get close to the edge on the rig. And <laughs> I heard crickets. And he said, Mom, it's not a fishing boat. It's a city in the, you know, and I could tell he was going, wow, where do I start? And that, at that moment, though, I realized, okay, I don't have to parent anymore with those details, you know, because clearly I didn't know what I was talking about. But there were some moments where I had to step back and say, oh, okay, okay, I get it, I get it. And it was all fine, but, you know, just moments for me that weren't my shining moments, let's say it that way. Now, something that we do, too, now that really kind of fosters that friendship my boys love being together. And because of jobs and where they've lived, Nathaniel was in medical school and, um, you know, residency and all that. And so, you know, his schedule made it such that they couldn't get together often. But now that's all done. Fellowship's over. And they love getting together. And they all gravitate home to get together. And our house is the place they gather. And we do once a month birthday dinner for everybody in the month. And, you know, we have family dinners periodically. And, you know, just those kind of things keep them connected, keep us connected. And, and the kids, too. They, they look forward, the grandbabies look forward to it. So that's another thing that works well for us. So I, I have had to, as the adult child, tell my mom, we're not coming for Christmas. You know, like, it did not go well. Uh, if you've never had that call with your parents, it's a fun one. Have you guys had those kinds of phone calls? And like how, just talk to, for those who have never been on that end of the phone call, what was that like and how did you handle it? For us, there's usually a getting together time sometime during the holiday season. Typically, it's us Christmas Eve, and then they do their thing with their families Christmas Day. With Nathaniel far away, you know, he comes home for a chunk of change, and we get what we get. And I don't like it, but, you know, 
you get what you get, and you're thrilled to have it. Um, I growled him about it. <laughs> well, our, again, our kids were so far away, and they still are. I mean, just is how, and so I finally, the first phone call, I think it was, might have been, might have been Heidi and Colin, I don't know which one, you know, well, they're in Italy, they're not going to fly home, or they're in California, you know, and they're working, so they don't have, but I remember feeling, again, I was the victim, oh, they can't be home for Christmas, and whatever, and then at some point, you just get over yourself, and say, I had to get over myself, and say, they're adults, they're living their life, they have their own families, they can't just fly home. And as soon as I just got over myself, it's like, okay, it's still Christmas. It's still okay. It wasn't easy for me. Again, not, not my best moments. Did you ever have to nudge a bird out of the nest? You know, kind of the, it's time to be independent no, now. That so, was a, sounds like they, you guys were trying to pull them back oh, into the nest oh, at times. Yeah. When they graduated high school, they left. And I mean, it was all four of them. Heidi had already left, but the boys, they left right there. Um, and really, they even summers, they weren't back. I think Sam came back one time just to work for one summer, but the rest of them stayed in Morgantown. And uh, there was uh, a big sucking sound when they all left there that after high school. They broke their own plate. Do you know how they say you break and play? Oh, no. They broke their own, and they were like, whew. Ours, ours were the same. They went to high school and, you know, could just come home for vacations and those kind of things. I had a hard time when the first one left. By the time the third one left... As soon as he went to college, we went to Hawaii for three weeks. Both of our girls were ready to go. Uh, Sarah, well, Sarah went further away, so it was a little different. But Shirley, Shirley was gone before she, was, before she went to college, so she was already moving. She was already headed out. So she's very independent. But anyway, yeah, yeah no problem. We're going to go off script a little bit here. So just to get, you're, you can look at your notes, but you're not going to find these. That's okay. What have you learned about yourself through parenting adult children? I think in every stage of our kids' growth, we learn something new about ourselves as they've become adults, and maybe you've lost control, maybe you've, there was, man, relief at a loss of control, whatever, like, what did you learn about yourself as you've been walking with your adult children? For me, it was, uh, yes, I've lost the control, and then along the way, I've realized that they really don't need me, and they can do just fine, yeah. and they make their own decisions, and and I think also if I just stay out of the way, then that's more as like you mentioned as a friendship and a buddy and you know we have a commonality and we hit on those things better than we ever have before. So we have some common ground. They're raising kids, you know, they're a product of us raising them. 
And uh, I'm getting to, I think, to the point where it's just more relaxed than what it was. I agree. As they start raising their own kids, all of a sudden you get a lot smarter. And <laughs> they, they yes. want to talk to you about some things now. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't really learn. I just realized, uh, you know, it's still about me. You know, I like to keep things all under control. And, uh, you know, I realized I couldn't. I realized that although I can roll my eyes out loud, I can't do that to my daughter-in-laws, you know. Um, you know, they're beautiful women. My, my boys love them. I found that, you know, you, I never, ever, ever disparage them to, to my, my child, you know, that you, you just can't think, you just can't do it. And, uh, you know, when I, I get a, feel a little stepped on, you know, David is great to say, come on, you know, what, what, what's really going on here? Because, you know, it's, you, you just have to have grace. They, they run their houses the way they feel they should or they want to. And, you know, they have a different style than we do, and you just have to accept that. I think I'm learning that control was the wrong word to choose, because God doesn't want puppets, and I want my kid to be a puppet. And so I'm trying to find another word. I, I just thought of it as we were doing all these questions, that it's not control, it's I guess encouraging them in submission and helping them to grow, even when they're little not control, there's got to be something else. A, a healthier word that I've heard used that has helped me, maybe helps you, is influence. Yeah. Yes. You know, because that control can be very, go here, do this, but that influence is, I want to help guide you, but it's in way more of a hands-off thing. So that's, it's at least helped me, if that helps you. David, were you going to say something? Well, I, I think, uh, particularly dealing with your adult children, you want to avoid your oughtas. You ought to do this. You ought to do that. And be available for whatever support they need, whether it's uh, physical, uh, financial, or advice. Be available. Let them know you're available. But don't intervene or interfere. Maybe interfere is a better word. I had heard, I think, David, you might have said it. I'd love to just get any reactions you guys have to it. You had said something about waiting until asked for advice. I can tell my kids know me. That's going to be a tough one for me. Uh, is that something that you've all found is like, it's better if you wait? Or have you found that there's times when, like, I got to step in and kind of like, what are you doing? Like, I like hearing now from my adult sons with children is, how'd you do it? <laughs> how, how did you do it? And yeah, how'd you get the groceries and, 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 and meals every day and all the laundry done and put away? And, you know, it's just, you know, that, that, that kind of just feels good. But, uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> Me and uh, my three boys were hiking the Appalachian Trail. I, I think it was in Maine. And I had uh, determined before we left that I was going to find out where they stood spiritually. And I remember walking along the trail with them and thinking, well, how am I going to bring this up? You know, how am I going to interject these uh, questions? And, 
And the phrase came to my mind, I have got this. That's not a phrase I use, so I know that came directly from God himself. I have got this. And so, as adult children, you've got to realize God is God. He is faithful. He loves them. He'll do what's needed in their lives. It's not up to me anymore. Can this be off script? It's sort of along this Okay, so we're going off script. Well, two things. Um, oh, I forgot the first one. But I think it's important, uh, for me it was important, uh, I'll call it reconciliation. That, you know, as you grow older, your parents look a lot wiser than they did when you were younger. And it took me to about 50, and I realized my dad was really a great guy. I, it took me that long. And I think it's important that to, to go to your kids, or ask, here's what I did. I asked God for the opportunity, and it comes in different ways, and however that may come for you. But, and I asked him, is there anything I need, you need me, I need to be forgiven for? Anything I've done to you that hurt you or you felt I was just off the wall and you need to forgive me? And I'd ask that. And no matter what they said, no matter what they said, I would just say, and I learned this in another situation, and no matter what they said, I said, will you forgive me? It didn't matter whether I thought it was right or not, because right and wrong, how right can you be, really? You know, you could always do better, you could always be wiser, you could always be, you know, there's a lot of things you could be. But whatever, if they were offended or hurt by it, I didn't want them going on into life with that hanging on them. You got enough stuff to go through life to deal with in your own person, let alone what your mom or dad did to you, or you felt they should have done or shouldn't have done or whatever. So reconciliation is important. And, and that on the second thing is this. One thing that really struck me or that uh, affected me, and, and, you, and the Bible tells you how to deal with this, but was the fact that as my kids got older, they had other people influencing their lives who they looked up to, even in a, as a parenting mode. <clears throat> and, it, and I had to deal with the sense of, I had a sense of uh, lack in that area, especially with Shirley. And, and I felt, and what I did was I just, I, I started, I made, I, caught, I went to God and I said, thank you. Thank you for these people who are in my kid's life, godly people who are helping them and, and you know, bless them. May they, may they be given wisdom so they give my child wisdom and help them in their growth. And, and as time went on, I had to die to myself over that because it sort of pointed to a lack in me and made me feel weak and small. But then, I, you know, and you, the very fact of the matter is once your kids leave your home, there's other people going to influence them. And if they're godly people, praise God. I mean, what more would you want? So those two things, reconciliation and accepting the godly influence of other people, even in a parenting role, in your parent kids' lives. And I'm talking about adult children. Yeah. So. so let me ask one last off-script question. 
if there was one thing you could hear your kids say about their relationship with you over the years, what would be the greatest blessing to hear from them? Like one day they sit you down and they say, mom or dad, you know, I've been thinking about the time I was born till now. Here's one thing I just have to tell you. What would be the greatest blessing to hear? Just hear them. You know, I knew you always loved me. Okay. That's good. Thanks for never giving up on me. That's where I was going, with, same with David. But I have heard my boys say, all three of them at different times, boy, Dad's a champion. Hmm. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, goodness, all those things would be good. I think I'd like my children to say to me that we can see Jesus in your life. Mm-hmm. I'd like that more than anything. Yeah. You know, they say we could see we could see you following Jesus and obeying him. That's what I'd like to see. Yeah. And I'd have to go along with that one too. I like hearing I love you because we went through a bunch of, you know, stuff together and just to hear them, sure. them say I love you. Yeah. Yeah. Good too. yeah. Thank you guys for your time. Uh, I told them all as they were getting ready for this, I said, just think in terms of commercials, give snippets so that if people want to know something more about what you said, they can come and ask. And so I would just encourage you, if you heard something, you're going, yeah, but what did that actually look like? Or you said you started a story there, but like Please come and ask them. I'm, I'm going to ask Chris, would you put up, there's a Proverbs 23 passage. I was actually reading this uh, yesterday, and it just stuck out to me. This is, again, Solomon writing about his son. Like, he's writing a letter to his son, and he says, My son, if your heart is wise, my heart will indeed rejoice. My innermost being will cheer when your lips say what is right. He, he's looking at his adult son, and he's going, Let me tell you what would make me the happiest. What would make my innermost being cheer is if your heart was wise, if you were making wise choices and if you were choosing to say what is right. Because he recognized he couldn't make his son do anything or say anything anymore. And he went, if your time with me leaves the imprint on you of wisdom and saying and doing what is right, I'll be the happiest man in the world. And so I think about this with my own children and as you guys have shared of just going the rejoicing of watching your children grow and become wise. And as hard as it can be to kind of let go at times, the joy that comes with seeing them do it on their own and become the people that God has created them to be. So thank you guys so much for sharing. Uh, Would you just join me in praying as I will close the service. Lord Jesus, um, as I think about all of our weeks going through this, you have given us truly wise people in this body, uh, to come alongside and to say, uh, learn from my mistakes and from my wins, um, that we can truly grow together. Uh, I pray that, as always, these would be just the beginnings of conversations. Lord, so many in here are parenting at some form, and it's too hard to do alone. None of us will get it figured out on our own. Uh, May we be humble and wise enough to seek help 
So whether it's someone who has been up here um, over these past few weeks or whether it's just someone that we look at and we go, I want what they have. Um, I want the relationship with my kids that they have with their kids. May we be bold enough to ask, teach me what you did, <laughs> what worked and what didn't. Uh, may we just grow in one of the most important areas of relationship you've given us in our families, Lord Jesus, so that your kingdom will come and your will will be done in our lives, in our families, and in our communities. So just use these relationships in mighty ways, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.